BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. Doing this episode uh, on my own self-imposed lunch break, perhaps many of you are listening, on your lunch breaks at your offices, in an attempt to eat cleaner, help the planet cleaner, in an attempt to eat more plant-based, I got this, well, God, I stole it from Netflix uh, when I took a meeting there. Uh, this, it's like a, like a cup and you put hot water in and you put the lid on like ramen, but it's all beans. But the instructions were insane. It was like, fill up cup with water, Microwave for one and a half minutes on outer rim of microwave plate, then let sit for six minutes. And I was like, what? Once you get past two minutes in the microwave, you've lost me. Luckily, I had time because I was walking Tianfu. So it's just me eating. It looks like a cup of diarrhea, but it's plant-based. You know, people say plant-based. There could be meat on top of it. A burrito is plant-based. The base of it is wheat. I don't know if that's... I'm just so eating a hard. cup of beans. Went to an awards show last night, ate a bunch of tasty garbage. Now I'm fil- filtering it all through. Most desserts are plant-based. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's why you have to be careful with like, oh, sugar-free. It's like, well, it shouldn't have had sugar. Or now the things will say gluten-free. And it's like, it never it never had gluten. So what? Well, that's the big marketing ploy. But also people are like, oh, it's okay. It's vegan. And it's like, that doesn't mean there's not sugar. Or it's not deep fried. Right. So. I could be vegan eating chips all day long. Every day, yeah. You got to ask yourself, do I want to kill myself or the planet? Which part of the planet? Which part of myself do I want to kill? Do I want to be fat and have a healthy planet? The answer is yes. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. Well, I'm just munching on my diarrhea. <laughs> Some of you are ASMRing and you're like, oh, I love this so much. So Some people, it makes them mad. Somebody DM'd us a while ago and was just like, it's unacceptable. Let me just take a tender bite. A t- oh, that's, that's, that's bad. That's bad. I got to multitask. <laughs> I know. We're very busy. I'm very busy. We got to get to your questions <laughs> because um, we had full like three weeks off for a break. And then Monday, it's like, everyone's like, oh, by the way, here's the stuff I should have sent you the last three weeks. So, Well, and then everything I sent right before the holiday, I'm like, how long do I wait before I follow up to be like, mm-hmm. hey, like, I don't want to be the jerk that's following up and they're just t- 
tearing through their inbox, doing their best, and mine pops up again. But I also don't want to be forgotten. What do I do? Also, in L.A., everybody is like, well, we're just getting into the office. People are either all leaving for the holiday, just getting into the office, just getting back into the flow. So even your first Monday back is still like, you better wait till Thursday. And then it's like, well, it's almost Friday. It was the first week back. We cut ourselves such a break here in Hollywood. Well, but I I was able to, you know, there were some emails that I didn't reply to over the break because I was like, oh, if I send this to someone else. My emails? I did save yours because I had to send them all to Molly. And I was like, I don't want to forward these to Molly right now. All I'll right. wait till Monday. These people are, are listening to <laughs> hear a shout. my work schedule. It is <laughs> nice to put things off until it's like absolutely necessary, especially on a break. Right? It was oh. a break. I was watching movies. Living it up. But now it's time to get back to our public service of helping people and their lives. Yeah. Character. The first question is related to your beans. Meredith Fuquian says, hey, Eliza, I'm going to college. I've gone out of my way to buy and bring products that help eliminate waste. I've learned to be pretty good about reusable containers and bottles, but there's some weird things I never thought about how wasteful they are, such as plastic toothbrushes, something I've used all my life, and tampons, something most females use. I know there are other options for these products, but my question is, what is one thing you never really question about being wasteful and how did you solve it? I like how she was like, Tampons, something most females use. Like we're so trained to be like, and some do and some don't, and that's, that's okay. fine. No one, men don't use tampons. If you, I, I mean- would not say that. You're right. You could identify. There was the whole thing where they took the female symbol off of it. I've never, no. If you're using it, you know what? That's, it, that's that. Gotta be careful. Find yep. something some people use. Tampons for people. Yeah. Put them wherever you want. Stick them in your ear. What's the question? What what's a thing that you never really questioned about being wasteful? Like you didn't think about it and then you realize, oh God, this thing I'm doing is super wasteful and you fixed it. I think everything. I think our eyes are just now being open to the amount of plastic and your toothpaste tubes, detergent, shampoo bottles, like all these things that there's really no options for refilling and companies are coming out with solutions. I have to be honest, and I've said this before, of all the things that create a carbon footprint, whether it's the plane that you take or the car that you drive or the amount of garbage that you consume, the thing I'm not willing to give up is a tampon. I know that sounds bad and people will come for me for that. I consider myself a pretty socially responsible person. I drive a very old hybrid. I have reusable everything. I don't use plastic bags. I seldom get, I I don't, I almost never get coffee to go. I really do my part. It can't be the first line of defense against global warming is women giving up something that makes your period a little less inconvenient. Right. Let's target um, gas companies. Let's target not using coal. Let's target not burning fossil fuels. Let's target uh, using commuter transportation. Let's target Mm single-use plastics. The tampon thing, the fact that that's the conversation. So I have to... I have to have my period into a diva cup that's going to squirt everywhere or a sponge while the rest of you do nothing? I don't think so. Perfect example of like, well, let's make it the women's problem and we'll all just keep reusing reusable, non-reusable guns. I don't know. (laughs) BP had a tweet about, you know, what what are you going to do to help save the environment? And someone replied like, not spill millions of gallons of oil into the ocean. How about no oil? How about no reliance on foreign oil? Let's start using corn. Let's start using wind and solar. Why isn't every house covered in solar panels? So that's what they're going to do. Go out of business if you want to help. 
Do you I'm have- trying to think. They want something that. Mm. Well, okay. I'm trying to think of things that you've replaced. You've gotten really good about cups, and you will give people reusable cups if you're spending a lot of time with them. That's the other thing. Is that it's such a human thing because of commerce to be like, oh, reusable straws. Let's mass manufacture these. So everyone gets a fucking metal straw. Uh-huh. Nobody keeps up with it. Everybody's now we just have like metal straws everywhere. Yeah. Um, and canvas tote bags. The mm. amount that I have, I had to give so many away because mm. the solution shouldn't be, well, let's overproduce a solution. It should be, let's each get one and reuse it. Right. It's so, it's such a human thing to be like, I got a better way. Then we'll keep making it until that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, well, and you're you, you're using that detergent that's like little terrible strips. I use so that. So that came in the smallest package, mm-hmm. no plastic. Shout out to Amazon. Bad shout out who... It's almost as if the person in their warehouse, like it's like whoever has the product and whoever does the packaging, like they don't communicate. So here's a package. We need any box. Is it a refrigerator any box? box? Good. <laughs> Put a Q-tip in it. Send it off. The the one thing that you should keep an eye out for when you're ordering from Amazon is if you're ordering multiple things, let it all come at the same time. Because a lot of the times they'll be like, oh, this item can come tomorrow. And then the next item, the next day. You can say, no, put it all in one shipment and get it all three days from now. So that's something. It's all coming from a warehouse, I think. Yeah. So just know that your tiny selfless acts all add up. You can be a little inconvenienced and soon it'll be a way of life. I use one of those dish brushes instead of, like liquid detergent in a thing mm-hmm. and it's terrible mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it spreads germs so we're going to look into something else but mm-hmm. just think beyond your own self-interest. Right. Especially now that so many things are refillable so if you already do have a big thing of detergent or a big thing of soap there's a very good chance you can get just a bag to refill it with and so not much, have another chunk of plastic. Or at least recycle it or try to. Yeah. When you go out to some parts of the country like on the coasts, we're very into this stuff and if you live in a rural area, sometimes people have to do composting, stuff like that. People just consume. And I actually get anxiety when people give me gifts. And I know it's just like a plastic thing, a thing that came in plastic, and it's just garbage, especially around the holidays. Like the amount of like, oh, look, it's a polyurethane snowball that says Noel. They're on sale. Like just garbage. Think about everything you hold is just plastic and chemicals. And you use it once, and then you throw it in the garage, you throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Even the trees. I don't have a tree because I'm Jewish, but I don't see why people don't use living trees. You can return them, keep it growing, or a fake tree. It's already tacky looking. It's Mm -hmm. a tree with a bunch of stuff on it. Get a fake tree. Yeah, and then keep it forever. Female Jewish comedian shames Christian practices. I'm sure people will tell you the ways in which the plastic trees are bad, but you know. Or, okay, then get a real tree and keep it grow. I don't know. Yeah. Or just glue your shit to the wall. There's, I know there's a sustainable option out there. There's something called like a living tree and they come and they take it away. Mm-hmm. This idea that we're killing all these trees every year because you used it for a month. That tree was like, I had so much to give. Yeah. I had so many cars to refresh. <laughs> this bowl of diarrhea was tasty. That's good. It's a new, new fun food for Plant you. Plant-based me. <laughs> I'm a plant-based woman. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. 
A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com and you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Val gal underscore 16. Hey, Eliza, I was just at your show in Windsor. Thank you for admitting the imperial system makes no sense, by the way, and knew that I needed- You're welcome. <laughs> My life work is complete. That I, I needed to buy the Elder Millennial Tour shirt. I was wondering who came up with the simultaneously badass and hilarious design because it might just be my new favorite shirt. Love the podcast. P.S. Hi, Emily and Scott. The Elder Millennial Tour shirt uh, is a dragon. We wanted to do like a sort of heavy metal theme, which has nothing to do with Elder Millennial. But, you know, as you grow as an artist, you realize not everything has to match. Uh, so the She Dragon comes from the act. So that's the dragon. We wanted it to be like an Iron Maiden, Megadeth sort of vibe. Because mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a shirt that cool girls would wear and that dudes would like. I didn't want to alienate anyone. So sorry, dorks that don't like it. And if you look closely, the dragon is, we use like an Iron Maiden font. Rock on. Uh, the dragon's holding a flip phone, which is uh, an ode to Elder Millennial, and a fried shrimp, which is an ode to specials of the past. So I was my idea, and then we have an artist 
execute that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember the company. Or which we don't one of the 80 anymore. Yeah, which one of the 80 merch handling companies. Just so you guys know, and you'll be hearing this uh, right as we're going on tour, the new shirts for the Forever Tour are lit. Like I went through excruciating notes to make sure that we had it right. Yeah. Um, and they're they're pretty cool. They're like horror metal awesome. And I think you're going to love them. I, I slaved away over the color combinations. It's that <laughs> zombie green. And I'm very proud of them. I can't wait to wear it. I wore that Elder Millennial shirt for 18 months. I wore it to every show. Yeah. And people are like, you're wearing your own shirt? I'm like, it's yeah. It's a cool shirt. So you see how dope it looks on me. I Buy think one. I'm going to auction off the one that I wore. You wore all it's the It's like time. faded gray now. For charity. Yeah. Or just pocket the money. <laughs> I'll probably just auction it off. Yeah. I, I wear mine all the time. You wear a lot of shirts that I give you. Yeah. Some are yours. Some are just... You're wearing a Pete's Coffee sweatshirt that I gave you. I am. Pretty sure that was for my me. My shirt's mine, but my oh. shoes are yours. Congratulations. And the shoes, yeah. Actually, oh. this shirt might be my mom's. I prefer this. I prefer to be tethered to my employees via wardrobe. <laughs> that way, you know that they're mine. <laughs> Never go far. When they see your... your face on it i mean luckily none of them are your face you would wear that though i would wear funny. it yeah i mean yeah face. if it was funny not yeah. just like you not just like a glamour shot that I put on. <laughs> here's some headshots i got that as a gift for someone i got her a shirt with a glamour shot of her husband on it he was That's in funny. thunder from down under so it's like one of those photos. oh that friend yeah and my favorite picture of you there's a picture this is from a long time ago that i had framed i think i had it framed and i gave it to you no i had it framed. you had it framed and gave it to me <laughs> it's the like the thunder down under strippers and like mm-hmm. you could take pictures of them after so all these girls they're all dressed sexy and emily's in like a worker's button-up shirt mm-hmm. just very uncomfortably sitting i think on one of their laps one of their laps yeah it looks like you're taking an employee id photo and they like <laughs> superimpose out you. the head. It's it wraps it sums up who you are. I Professional. So. I put on my nicest shirt. I'm here to work. That was that. Yeah. I put on my nicest <laughs> I, I don't even anti Banana Republic potentially. Annex. Nordstrom rack, maybe. Button up. Mm-hmm. No nipples. <laughs> Keep them covered. Roll up the sleeves. Let's get to work. Set on my lap. This is burning hot. <laughs> Severe acute. Hey, Eliza, love your stand-up and your podcast. Can't wait to see you more acting roles, too. Coming out. Also, Coming out. big shout-out to Scott and Emily as well. You guys are awesome. Not that big. First of all, I was sitting Literally in the- see Scott. I miss him. Not, not because of his fault, because we're like, we can't come in there. We're too busy. We don't want we'll to, be Scott, back. and it's something you said. No. <laughs> first something of all, did. I was okay. sitting in the front row of show of yours in Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh. Okay. And you asked me about stuff to do with how men act with female partners, and I couldn't answer because I'm as gay as the day is long. LOL. I would have let you know at the time, but I was too busy laughing. So, in the winter, are you not that gay because the days are shorter? (laughs) Okay. Here's my question. My fiance and I are really struggling to agree on a first dance song for our wedding. He gravitates towards up-tempo electronic style songs that to me are just not fitting with a first dance. I want something softer, slower, and more traditionally romantic. So how did you pick a song for your first dance? And should we continue to search for a compromise or should one of us just give in so at least one of us get a song he loves? Here's the song that you should do. Oh, shit. Oh, I was going to cue it up perfectly. There's an ad for 1917 now. <laughs> well, your question is... Bombs going on. Ah, <laughs> ah, why is there an ad on a YouTube video There's that has like... Ad. ad one of two for a video that has like 13 views. 
Okay. I, I legally can't play any of this, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Can you sing a version? Oh my God. No. No, you're <laughs> not paying me song? for this time. This is the song you should play at your wedding. Yes, yeah, skip ad. Nobody wants it. <laughs> this is what you should play at your wedding. Okay. Okay. I think we could play a little bit of it. Um, Just a screech. I, I think, think that song so. is so funny. Uh, if we edit that out, don't keep in the screech. What's the question? I was like so busy queuing it up. <laughs> okay. Trying to pick a first dance song. The fiance gravitates towards up-tempo electronic style songs. The guy, the question asker wants something softer, slower, more traditionally romantic. Well, there are so many romantic electronic songs. Like mm. DJ Sammy. I, but We're are they slower? Yeah. Mm. Your loving is all that I need. And I found it there in your arms. So that's like kind of electronic. Cascade. No, Emily, do mm. not challenge me on Who this. Was that, what was that Cascade song that was so popular? Every time we touch, I feel the static. Yes. Reusable plastic is where you should be. So, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I picked our song. My husband was like, whatever. But I still get why even a slower electronic song isn't super traditional. So I get why the question asker is kind of leaning towards something more classic. But so he's wondering, do they compromise or does one of them get what they want? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of relationship you have. Usually the girl gets what she wants. I don't know which one of you is like playing the more feminine role. Or if you're both just two dudes banging it out, why don't you split the song? It's really more whoever is going to make a bigger stink, and that's usually the girl. Or if one person gets a song and one person gets, like, something else that they were torn on. Yeah, welcome like to marriage. flavor. Yeah, you know, or maybe explain why the song means something. My husband and I each had our own song we walked down the aisle to because we came down separately. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe each explain or just find something together. But the truth is it actually doesn't matter. And you can have two songs. Yeah. It, you could dance. Like, I only dance for with our pants for like half of a song. Nobody wants to see the whole song. So maybe just do a little half and DJ will be like, and now here's Kyle's song. It sounds like a sad movie. Kyle's song. Kyle's song. That was a song, something song. Uh, so that, wasn't there two questions? I uh, know that was, uh, he First was just. All, I think techno in 2020 uh, is already traditional. It's been around for quite some time. Find a song that you love together or find a song that makes you both equally, ready for this, unhappy uh-huh. and welcome to being married. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's whoever's going to make a bigger stink about it. But yeah, or you could compromise. He gets to pick the exit song. He gets to pick what you name your firstborn, whatever. <laughs> Did you hear my new favorite baby name that's going to be old news when this comes out? What? Uh, Radix. I don't like that. Cameron Diaz and Benjamin Madden from Good Charlotte. Yeah, that's a made-up word. That's the thing. White people love these like faux Anglican, faux royalty names. Put like an X Cranston. Gaten. They're going to be on the phone like I am for everything to do with you. And people Blistock. start typing and I'm like, it's an I. It's an I. I know. So it's a, a very white Christian thing to do. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. Yes. Blanton. Blorton. The Magnificent. <laughs> they all sound like alien overlords. Yeah. Creighton. Yeah. Brayston. Brixley. They all sound like. British hotels. Radix does sound like a British hotel. Welcome to the Radix. I would babysit that kid though. Our spa is open from 10 to 11 a.m. 
Audie Joe 22. Hey, Liza, baby Armin Scott. My husband and I love the pod and specials. We recently moved from a tiny town in Illinois to Chicago, like Chicago proper, not the suburbs. We were both raised very conservative Baptist, like it's a sin to wear pants Baptists. What would be your individual? One of them just one church of all men in dresses. Like we take the Lord. I think so just the women can't. Well, she didn't specify. This is an age of specificity and exclusion. What would be your individual and collective advice on navigating this new city and moving away from this upbringing and mind washing? We have put some pretty decent boundaries in place recently with family in regards to religion, but navigating this new freedom as a married couple in a new city is a bit overwhelming. Looking forward to the next time you're in town, hoping we can make the show. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you're already going to a comedy show, so that's... (laughs) For, led by a Jew, so I, that's pretty expansive mentally. That's a lot of new things. They just moved to a big city. They just now are away from not wearing pants. All right. Well, enjoy the freedom of not wearing pants. You'll get arrested very or, soon. Yes, wearing pants. They can wear them now. Um, I say start with something that's fun, which would be food. I would Google uh, immigrant groups of Chicago and mm. see, you know, everybody knows there's like Irish in Chicago, but you know, immigration patterns change and maybe go to a neighborhood that has a massive immigrant population of whatever group has moved there. Maybe there's like a huge Uruguayan population or something mm-hmm. and go eat the food there. Just as a way, because everybody loves to eat. Everybody's food is tasty, mostly. Mm-hmm. Some of some of these groups, not so great. I didn't say what group. Uh, and go and just take a look around. You don't have to walk around a bad neighborhood or anything, but- Find a restaurant. Maybe that's your thing. Every Friday you go eat like a different culture's food because mm-hmm. every culture has roots in their cities mm-hmm. and inform the way that we see these cities. Start with the food. Maybe go to a museum. Maybe make a day of it. You could join a group or something, but you're probably, the, just the fact that you're asking these questions means that you're not as ignorant as you think you might be. Right. So I think you're okay. And also, you know what? You might get out there and be like, these people are heathens and I want to go back to my dad not wearing, my dad wearing a dress. <laughs> Right. So, you know, don't do too much. Don't overwhelm yourselves. You can always go to like another religion's service. Mm. Man, that sounds boring. Yeah. (laughs) Do a museum. Do a cultural museum. Do like an immigration museum. Jews set up museums all over. Holocaust museums are always super fun. Go to like an Irish immigration museum in Italian, you know, just to get some context for like, oh, other people have shaped this city. Right. But I would start with the food thing because then at least you get some tasty, tasty bites. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be overwhelming in general just to go about their business now. They could, they probably couldn't like have caffeine before or something. I'm sure there were a lot of oh rules God. about alcohol. If 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 the women can't wear pants, there, there are going to be a lot of other restrictions. So maybe don't go too crazy. Yeah, just be careful because you don't want to be overwhelmed and then hate people. Also, if the first person you see is of another belief and they like do something shitty, you're going to... You're going to hate them. So take it easy. Ride the bus. Walk around. Maybe mm-hmm. run. Bicycle around. I would start from a cultural perspective. I would go to a museum and I would eat something. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't really understand how religious you are. Go to a shopping mall. Try an Auntie Anne's pretzel. <laughs> Entenmann's crumb cake. You could also eat the food of other people quietly in your own home. You can get a bagel. Mm-hmm. You could get uh, some collard greens. You can just get a little things that other people from other cultures eat mm-hmm. and judge them silently. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're free now. See you at the show. You're yeah. fine. I don't think, I mean, it's not like you've never had running water before. Well, yeah. I wonder if, and it's not quite like an Amish situation, but you know, it's- uh, I think you're fine. But yeah, start with the food. Maybe even they're trying, they, they mentioned mind washing, maybe even therapy 
to work through. I don't think you are that desperate. The fact that you listen to podcasts and you like me, I think you're okay. I think Chicago is just a big city, but it's like a, it's a Midwestern city. And there's a lot of like newer stuff. I think it's like around the loop or something. There's like cute new stuff. So go to like a fun new bistro, bistro, Mm -hmm. like a fun new restaurant. Look up like hidden gem restaurants for Chicago, hipster restaurants and walk around like a cool hipster part because hipsters are super open-minded. Younger generation, super open-minded. So maybe you want to go somewhere where it's kind of okay to be who you are Mm -hmm. walking around. I think you're okay though. I think they're fine. Do the food thing. Report back. Okay. Alicia Taylor, 92. As a drag queen, I find it difficult finding men that want me as a boy out of drag. And then he gives his page, his boy page, boy, or his, yeah. Let me put My it. pronouns are drag and queen. No. <laughs> oh, man, female comic makes a mockery. Everybody's mad. Then I'm not supposed to read out that. Okay. So this is drag. But what's the question? Okay, so I feel like the attention I get as this persona, uh, sorry, that's not drag. That's that's. I can tell normal. he's not in drag. I can tell this is just a boy. Okay. I don't need to be told this is not page? a man in drag. Okay. No, I mean, okay. I don't. I feel like the attention I get as this persona is far greater than anything I've ever gotten out of drag. I feel like I'm more attractive in drag and it's difficult because I want to be wanted as a boy seeing that's how I identify. The men that give me attention seem to just want me like this. Do you have any advice as to how I can cope with the extra attention I get in drag versus the lack of attention I feel I get out out of drag, yeah, but and, I, is there, yeah. and is there anything I can do to boost my boy confidence that doesn't require random strangers hitting on me and making me feel attractive? Thanks so much. Love the podcast. And Emily, milk at dinner is always a no. Love you both. Thank you. Well, I just looked at your last post and you the first thing you wrote was something about not hating your body you're in is always a struggle. I think, and we get a lot of questions like this, this is a classic case of you're not proud of yourself, so it's really going to be hard for somebody else. You're You don't like your you don't have any self-esteem, so it's really going to be hard for people to be attracted to you because you're so unhappy. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying you're a joyless person, but that's your last post. And you say you don't like your body. We get a lot from like girls that struggle with body image. And they're like, now that I'm hot, I don't want these guys. And I feel angry. And it's like, or or, or, or I'm I'm overweight and nobody likes me. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who are not perfect, but they've got self-confidence and they have self-love. Your last post was about how much you don't like your body. That could be just because you're the average American doesn't like your body. It could be a body dysmorphia thing. It could be a trans thing. I don't know. I don't know why you're uncomfortable or unhappy with it. It could just be good old fashioned white person body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you have to deal with that first. And I think the whole reason that you got into drag was because you could be something that you're not and you love the attention. We all as performers... Everybody knows us as this performer, but they don't really know you, even if you're kind of an open book. Mm-hmm. And that's good and bad. People love who I am on stage, what I represent. But at the same time, I get judged for that. You know, you don't do enough. You're not this, you're not that. But they don't know my heart. They don't know my day-to-day. So you have to mentally draw that line and know that anybody who's attracted to you in that drag, they're attracted to that performer. And anyone worth keeping is going to love you even more out of the drag. Mm-hmm. I think that that just comes with performing more and more and finding a person not at the club. Now, if you're saying you're meeting them in drag, I can't I can't blame them for liking you in drag, but if you meet them out of drag and then once in drag, they like you more that way, then that's probably not the best for you. But I, I think your self-worth is something that, honey pie, it sounds like you maybe need to work on. We looked at your page, you're a cute dude. 
shouldn't feel this bad. There's no reason to feel this bad. So maybe look into that. Well, and talking about how to cope with extra attention in drag, in drag is a performance. So you're going to get extra attention because you're calling for extra attention. Yeah, you're on a stage. You're in 12-inch heels. You're wearing a giant right. wig. Like that's, so of course you're going to get more attention. I wonder if there's a way to bring the persona of when you're in drag to when you're not wearing the clothes sometimes. I don't think so because I think drag is always this like alter ego. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're like in real life. Maybe some people are total introverts and then they get Mm -hmm. on stage and it becomes a thing. But, you know, are you meeting people in drag? Maybe that, maybe you should have like a no talking to boys rule. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you like leave the club, you're done, take take it off, immediately come back out. Because you right. want someone that appreciates it's an act. I mean, that that's what it is. And I, I also, part of me feels like you don't like yourself just based on that post. And I could be wrong, but just know that uh, you entertain people, which is angel's work. So you're worthy of love. You've asked these questions and been introspective enough. So clearly you want love and you want to feel good about yourself. So maybe just do a little bit of the work and... Uh, and just know that there are plenty of people out there that are going to love you in drag. And there's just as much people that will, and many people who will love you out of drag. You just got to find them and give yourself a chance. So take that drag off when you're done working. Only go to clubs dressed as you or no. go out dressed as you. Give them a chance to fall in love with you and then be like, also, I do drag. And hopefully they'll be like, oh, I support that. And that's that. Right. Well, and he says, what can I do to boost my confidence that doesn't require random strangers hitting on me and making me feel attractive? It's like you just have to find other, like if the only thing that's giving you confidence is other people being into you, that's tough. That's called being a performer and spoken like a true girl, to be honest, (laughs) because we all feel that way. Uh, I don't know. You might have to maybe see a therapist, maybe Mm -hmm. go, I don't know, like run a marathon. Like what's something that's important to you? Right. Always asking yourself, like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. Is it cleaning your apartment? or your house? Is it connecting more with your family or your friends? Is it helping someone? Is it getting out of your own shell and doing community service? Mm -hmm. Like what are things that will feed your soul? And then deep down ask, why do I need this validation from other people? And that's a question it might take your whole life to answer, but really looking into that because you don't want to exist just on the surface, which is what drag is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to look into that. I can't tell you. I don't know. I can't tell you things. I always say workout because I'm your 1960s grandpa. Go lift some weights. You'll feel much better. Do something that's just for you. Yeah. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. It's hard to take care of your hair 
when there's quite frankly too many options. Of course you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that pros goes in-depth. I mean, they asked me my zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash askaliza. Kick it! Okay. Sado underscore. Oh, yeah, and come to a comedy show. <laughs> Laugh your ass off. Hey, Liza, I took a year off before college to work as an au pair nanny. You I know what an au pair is. But when I go back in a few months, it's going to be hard because I'm going to have to go back to living with my parents. In my country, it's usually like that in college. And my dad is way overprotective. What would you recommend I should do or say to my parents so they can give me my space and realize that's not like when I was in high school? Thank you so much. Sending you hugs and love, love the podcast. Set it up before you move in. I acknowledge I'm under your house, under your rules. I will always be respectful of that. Here are the things that I need as an adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are living with your parents and you are done with college. Um, So just set out that intention. That way at least it's out there versus you just bottling it up. And going make sh- back to college. You're going back to college. Okay, fine. So whatever. You know, and don't underestimate how easy it is to sneak around. Your parents are older now. It's going to be easier to lie, sneak out of windows. And also tell your dad how much you love him and how much you appreciate how protective he is. Um, but it just if you are clear with your emotions and how those things make you feel, at least you've been heard versus in high school where it's like all bottled up. And maybe, you know, if you're a good kid, maybe you've shown them, here's how responsible I am. But your dad's never not going to be protective of you. Um, of how, however, there are limits. So you guys got to be specific with them and say to them, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. Because I'm sure they don't want you to feel bad. Right. My parents, my mom's very protective. Yeah. So, but sometimes I just answer her and lie. She'll be like, did you do this? I'm like, uh-huh. And then I just don't answer the phone. It's just sometimes it's for the best. Right. I mean, sometimes, like when I'm at home, my mom is like, uh, when, are you going to be home? She was like, for New Year's Eve, why can't you guys just go out at eight and then you can be home by 10? I was I like, know. but that's not the point. The point is to be out at midnight. She's like, well, but why? And I just knew she was going to stay up and wait for me and there was nothing I could mm. do about it. They, no one will ever love you like your parents. Your parents also grew up in a different time. You know, like that, for example, like it used to be New Year's Eve was dangerous because there was no Uber. People were yeah. drunk. Now there is Uber and the roads are dead. That's what my dad was trying to explain to her. He's like, it's yeah. different now. Yeah. Maybe get one parent on your side to help you defend against the other parent. But yeah. yeah. Just be clear about your intentions. Be grateful and loving and just know that no one will ever love you like they do. But get off my sack. <laughs> Dad, in my country, it's called a sack. <laughs> I think she's British. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jacqueline O'Connor, 88. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Scott. So recently I took one of those DNA. I don't think so when we get further. Took one of those DNA tests. Turns out I'm part wolf. Genetic ancestry combination test and found that I'm 10% Ashkenazi Jew. As you can probably tell by my name, I was raised Irish and obviously Catholic, which also reflected in my results. 
Other people I talk to say 10% is actually it a pretty decent amount. It wouldn't say Catholic in your results. It would just say Irish. <laughs> There's, it couldn't say Catholic, but okay. Actually, a pretty decent amount when it comes to these tests. I want to get your opinion on these genetic tests. Also, what are some crucial things I should know being a little bit Jewish? Thanks. Love you all a lot. No, you're not. You're not a little bit Jewish. You're Catholic. Your last name is O'Connor. You were raised Catholic. You're not a little bit Jewish. I'd have to meet you and see what's in your refrigerator. I'd have to see how you respond to stress and guilt. How do you uh, feel about these tests? Bill Burr has a funny bit about it, how mm-hmm. he's like, he thinks they're dumb because he's like, you're going to send your DNA to the internet? Yeah. I think that we as humans, we're very, um, we're obsessed with ourselves, which is why we love cameras and things like Instagram. And we love to know about ourselves as women, as white women. We're always like, I wonder if there's something exotic in there. Mm-hmm. Surprise, you're part Jewish. And you're like, no, that's not what I was looking for. You were looking for like a little Jamaican or something. Yeah. Um, I think we always want to know stuff about ourselves. It's why we look at our own pictures. It's why we look at astrology. We're always self-analyzing. I think it's cool. I think it's cool because you just kind of want to know. But if you don't really have any questions, if you're not like, why is my skin olive? Even though I, you know, I'm from Wisconsin. I don't think, I mean, maybe it's good for like genetic testing. Yeah. To find out stuff, certain groups of certain things. Uh, there are a lot more people now finding out about secret half siblings. Like there's that a lot more of it as like the older parents have, Mm -hmm. have died and the younger kids are like, I'll just do this test and see. And then they're like, Oh, I have a half sister that I never knew about. And she's been living in the attic this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy to hear all the stories that are coming out of people that are finding these other relationships. Yeah. That paranoia aside, I think it's also, I was just hitting the microphone. Sorry. I don't think it. Oh, it's not recording. I Mm. think it's really cool also to show, that we are kind of all connected and we all mm-hmm. come from larger regions. You know, no one's American. That's not, a, I mean, unless you're a Native American, then you are technically fully bloodline American. Mm-hmm. The rest of us were just born here or came here um, from other places. Uh, so it's a cool thing. I don't have a problem with it. I think when people, white people do this, they use it to justify, well, I'm one millionth Cherokee, so I can wear this thing or... A great, great, great grandfather was Chinese, so I can make fun. It's just, yeah. we usually use it to substantiate br- brutal behavior. Uh, but being now that you are, well, I don't know whose side of the family you're on. You have to, your mom has to be Jewish. So I don't even think it counts if your grandma was Jewish. So I don't know where that got lost. Ask 100%. your parents. Could have been a grandparent who like fled the war. You don't know. Yeah. But uh, watch out for the nose. Are you glad that you did yours? No, because I got back... Ashkenazi. So while it is something, my whole life, Jewish men, and to an extent, Jewish men have been like, you're not Jewish, which I always found so offensive. And I think it's a big part of the reason I don't do a lot of Jewish things because I grew up, I had a bat mitzvah. I had a confirmation. I visited Israel. I did like stuff like within the synagogue, just, you know, when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I never felt part of it. And especially as I got older, I appreciate that like I got a nose job so I don't look quote unquote Jewish. But even before that, having blonde hair and blue eyes, and I don't know, it would always be this thing like, you're not Jewish or really, you're not Jewish enough or you didn't do enough. And it was always this thing. I'm like, I'm sorry that I don't look like you and I'm sorry that I didn't make the same choices. Yeah, I don't always feel it's an inclusive religion. I've moved to LA. I don't have a synagogue. One rabbi reaches out, but like they're in Malibu. But like- for as much as much as I talk about being Jewish because I refuse to be shamed out of it, I don't feel particularly welcomed or warmed by my own. And I'm sure if I joined a synagogue, it would be different. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the couple of Jewish outlets I've done, I've not enjoyed the interview 
I, I thought it was weird. Um, sometimes when you have a smaller religion, they, you know, or you're from a culture and you do the one thing that like Armenians are like, look, we've got Kim Kardashian. Like when you yeah. have like the one people want to hold you, but I don't feel a lot of support from them. So feeling 99.9% Ashkenazi, it was just one more thing for me to be like, and fully Jewish. People are like, I don't know. You're not like me and my husband. Our last name is Silverberg and we look Jewish. So you're obviously a heathen. It's always the vibe I got that like I wasn't enough. So I just do Judaism on my own terms and, uh, and that's it. It's okay. Yeah. So 99% basically 100% Ashkenazi. Yeah. It's like 0.1% Yakut, which is like some sort of tribe in like Siberia. Mm -hmm. So I guess I don't feel any different because I'm just going to keep lightly observing like the three high holiday services and that's it. Yeah. There you go. Just two, but okay. (laughs) Now, now that you're Jewish though, just know you drink a Dr. Brown's black cherry with your, with your Reuben and uh, always get a side of pickles and try matzo brai. It's tasty. It's tasty. There you go. There's some advice. Yeah. Sorry, I just went on that rant, but that's how I, I always felt sort <laughs> of like I wasn't Jewish enough. So yeah. therefore, and yeah. Well, you can't be the number one representative because that's Rachel Vice. Totally. And she's got a Jewish last name. And you know what? I'll tell you something right now. My husband has a Jewish last name, but- if I had married someone with like a, a like Macintosh or something, would have dropped my Jewish last name in a heartbeat uh-huh. just to have to deal with ignorance less. Yeah. Higgins, I'll take it. Yeah. Higgins is weird. There's a Higgins too British. armory in uh, Boston. Yeah. Massachusetts. It makes me weird. think of a wig. I'm shaking a wig. Like Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of Henry Higgins. Oh, yeah. And I was named Eliza. Based on that, based on Big Million. Yeah. Hippie underscore maze. Hey, Eliza, baby arm and Scott. My girlfriend and I have been together for a couple of months and she's a wonderful and amazing woman. But. 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 She often feels very insecure and tends to take it out on me. I know she doesn't have much relationship experience and she doesn't mean to be rude, but it still hurts when she tells me she doesn't think I care about her. I've talked to her about it and she'll be better about it for a while and then revert back to being insecure. Should I stick it out and hope that as she gets more comfortable, she'll realize she shouldn't be insecure or cut it off? Cut it off. We have a lot of the same friends, so this could potentially be awkward. That doesn't matter. That shouldn't be a reason Your friends will be dead soon. Cut it off. Honestly, I know someone who is in very deep in a relationship, and the girl, despite conversations, many in-depth conversations, continues to be super insecure, and it's becoming this deal breaker. What you don't want to do is date this girl so long that it's almost like a sunk cost. You were like, oh, fuck. And she's like, we've been together for so long, we should get married. Mm -hmm. Especially, I hate to say this, if she's in like, her late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s. This is when girls start to think about marriage. And if you're unhappy with this, like there are two people in this relationship. And if you are telling me that you're genuinely not doing anything, you're not texting other girls, you're not cheating, you're just being a dude and those are her issues. I think you got to have a come to Jesus with her. I don't think therapy is a cute look on couples that haven't been together that long. Like if you're in therapy and you've been together a couple months, like that is not the girl for you. Her issues might be from immaturity. I've definitely dated a guy who was older than me, but was really insecure and I left him mm-hmm. and now he's fine. He kind of grew out of it. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to give her an ultimatum, but you have to take into account how happy you are and it's unattractive. You're becoming less attracted to her with every one of these conversations 
Because nobody wants to like always be reassuring someone because then you start to think like, well, maybe I shouldn't like you. Yeah. Like what's, what's wrong here? So I think this is not the person for you. And who cares if you have friends in common? Like they'll get over it. And uh, it's not your responsibility to make her a better person. You be the best person you can be. Right. This isn't your wife and something happened. Like this is a girl you're dating. Mm-hmm. And it's an attention thing. It's an insecurity thing. I'm not saying she's a bad person, but something in her life happened. You are paying for the mistakes of someone else. And if you're a good guy, you don't deserve that. Yeah. You also didn't say you loved her, so get out of there. Mm, I mean, it's only been a couple months. So, yeah, get out of there. All right. I mean, I was sometimes I fell in love right away. I fell in love with you right away. (laughs) X kisses from the sky. So I decided to take a trip to Austin for a boy. He and I have known each other for almost a year, so I figured it was time to meet. Well, when booking the trip, he was all, you're the girl of my dreams. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. Can I guess? Can I guess? And mm-hmm. then she, he didn't. He was like, oh, these dates don't work. Don't come. Then yeah. three days later, can't, he can't. was all, I'm not ready for this. Yep. I know if he can flip-flop like this, I know he is not okay. He's 43, BTW. Basically, I want to know what I can do in Austin for a solo girl trip because I'm still going even though he doesn't want to see me because he's not going to ruin this trip for me. Uh, Don't go. Get your money back. Don't go. That's It's not going to be a fun trip. Don't go. I don't know. You know what? As a Texan, a lover of Austin, I do think that they're a little overrated when it comes to their food. I know. You hate me. It's not that great. Um, Austin is cool. It's pretty spread out. Uh, Downtown's a little gritty as most downtowns are. I would not go because then it looks like, I mean, like, I guess if you can't get your money back, but then it looks like you, no, don't go. Here's why. You're going to spend so much money on a hotel, food, transportation. It's going to be more if you go. And then it looks a little crazy. Like you went anyway. It's not like New York City where there's like a ton to do and there's like buses to take you around. So like, I mean like tour buses, not like city transport. Um, don't go, and I would stop talking to this guy. He definitely has a family yeah. or a girlfriend. I, you're not going to have a good time. It doesn't matter how much you try to distract yourself with a girl's Don't trip. Go. You're not going to have a good time. Yeah. If if this is a girl's trip where someone else is going with you, see if you guys can reroute elsewhere. Yeah, Dallas is pretty cool. Uh, or take a road trip or something. You know, like Marf, Martha, Marfa, sorry, Texas is pretty cool. I don't really know where it is, but take a road trip. Uh, I would run, not walk from this guy. Done. He has a girlfriend. He has a family. He is catfishing you. He's jackknifing you. He's jackholing you. He's jackaloping you. Mm-hmm. Done. I know that by the time you hear this, you would have already had your little psycho trip. Do not go because you will end up looking like the crazy one even though you're not. Mm-hmm. And stop talking to this guy. Yeah. Done. Don't give him money. Very curious how old she is. Doesn't matter. He's 43. Doesn't matter. Well, yeah. he's obviously older than her. Otherwise, she wouldn't have brought it up. Right. Don't go. He's lying. He has a family. Move on. Okay. Move on. Anonymous. Everybody is in their car <laughs> nodding. In their AirPods, like, she's right. So wise. Elder millennial. Anonymous. Elder wisdom. Love all your elderly advice oh, and how-tos. Thank you. Would love an idea on how to tell my husband I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm not that old, by the way. Okay. You've branded yourself as an elder. I have. You. Okay, wait. It's fine. <laughs> Reaping what I say. Love an idea on how to tell my husband I'm pregnant when that time comes. Not pregnant right now, but we are trying. And we have a two-year-old son who I could also enlist in the news delivering. Love your book and stand up. Come to Arizona soon. You're coming to Phoenix by the time this comes out. After okay. March. Oh, what's a good way to say I'm pregnant? I don't know. Do you I- want to scare him first? Is it something he'll be excited about? It's, uh, they're trying, so I guess it'll be good news. 
I saw a TV show once. I don't remember what show it was. And I always remember this. The girl made dinner for her husband. The woman made dinner for her husband and she served baby food, like baby carrots, baby corn. Like everything was like baby, baby back ribs. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was so cute. Baby corn. Nobody wants to eat baby corn. I don't even think I it's really corn. Baby That's corns. not what corn looks like when it's small though. It's a different thing. I and know. it doesn't taste like corn. Um, you could do that. I mean, you could have sex with him and as he gets off, go, oh, I'm pregnant. Like, How do you know? You'd be like, because I took a test. I don't think it matters. I don't think any guy's like, and she told me in the best way. I always see like kids that are wearing a little shirt that's like, I'm a big brother. Oh, that's cute. Or you, yeah, there's you, a, you slip them a I don't know. Preg- positive pregnancy test. You see that like oh, as a oh, Christmas gift. Fake. Oh, that's cute. Put it in a little box. Yeah. It's not really a gift. It's no. a sentence. Yeah. Uh, put the pregnancy test, bake it into a cake. Ugh. There you go. I <laughs> peed on the stick. Don't worry. The burn, the heat burned <laughs> off the urine. Kick it. Ugh. Or you could get a candle. You could put it's a boy or it's a girl or it's a insert pronoun. We don't know mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom of the candle. Don't do any of those gender reveals that kill people or kill the planet. Like we released a thousand balloons right into the ocean. Surprise, yeah. it's a girl. I mean, I think this has to be something that's kind of specific to you guys. Yeah, maybe a scavenger hunt. That's cute. I mean, there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Crash his car. Okay. Make a mistake. Wait till you f- make a mistake. Uh-huh. And then when he's like, you crashed my car, be like, but it's a girl. And then it's like, what are you going to yell at your pregnant wife? I don't think so. I spent all your money, but it's a boy. Oh, that'd be cute if you ordered a pizza. Do people do that anymore? And oh, the pizza guy opens a box and he's like, oh, that'll be ten ninety five. It's a girl. I don't uh, know. I don't well, know. Well, I don't know if we know the gender yet. It's just that she's pregnant. Just guess the gender. <laughs> Why not? You have a 50% chance. Just order a second crib from Amazon and be oh, like, just have it in the house. <gasps> gaslight him. See if him. he notices. No, gaslight him. Start putting up baby stuff. And then he's like, what are you doing? Be like, I told you we were having a baby. I told you this. Superimpose him into a video of all your friends and family there to surprise him. He'll be like, I don't remember this. She'll be like, you're not feeling well. <laughs> That's what you do. Gaslight him. Great. Yep. Congratulations <laughs> on your maybe baby boy or girl. Right. <laughs> Anonymous. Why Only you- <laughs> wear pink for a full week and see if he's like, what is wrong with you? Oh. <laughs> like, I'm getting ready for the girl, not to assign gender, but girls like pink. <laughs> Anonymous. I don't really like pink. What? <laughs> I'll wear it because it looks good on me, but I'm more of a black person. I'm a black person. Female mm-hmm. comic admits. <laughs> I present as white, but I feel black. Oh, did you see oh, that, that interview with that Terry Gilliam? Terry Gilliam, the, the act, director, the actor, uh, where, no. oh, he, um, that sh- movie he's been working on forever, that Don Quixote movie finally came out and he was in an interview just like, I'm a black trans lesbian woman and you can't tell me I'm not. And the woman's like, the interviewer's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, see, I can say whatever I want. He can say he's trans, although I don't, I don't know the rules in terms of actually. He was just doing it to be argumentative. Oh, well, you could say that you identify as a different, but you, the rule is you cannot identify as, if you're white, you cannot identify as something else. No. Because we've, white people, not white. You already took everything. They've oppressed everyone. That's the one rule. Yeah. You could say you're, you could say you're a fucking couch. Yeah. You just can't say. But you can't, you can't just start a fight with someone. All right. Anonymous. Why do you guys end the cob with the bottom instead of the top? Y'all like getting good news first? Coming from a curious fan in NYC who said y'all. What's the question? Uh, 
Some people say that. All y'all, like tough, tough guys. Yeah. What's the question? Why do you end why do you guys end the cob with the bottom instead of the top? Do we always? I think sometimes we do I the think other we way. used to, and we've started to mix it up a little bit. You end with the bottom because that's the part that you get to last when you're eating. But I guess then it ends on a dour note. It goes top and then bottom because that's the order. You eat from the top all the way down to the bottom. I know we're ending on a negative note. Sometimes we do with the bottom. I think ending on a negative note isn't necessarily the worst thing because that was kind of what your old podcast was about and people like that. Also, it's funny. It's never like poverty, assist. It's it's <laughs> like something that's funny. My, that's the answer my bottom is, of the cup. It's however we read it. It just depends on this, on this show. All right. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza, baby arm, and hot Scott. Your eyelashes always look amazing. What's your secret? A serum, extensions, no. a beloved mascara? Whatever no. it is, there better be an Eliza code for it. LOL, love you all. Thanks for the last. I would love that. Unfortunately, I think the company uh, that has this probably has like models that are spokespeople. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, it's genetics. I have very long eyelashes. I always have. It's like, you know, you count your blessings physically. Some people are like, I've got great skin. I've got great this. I have long eyelashes. It's something I never thought about until I got to LA and people would do my makeup and they'd say, you have long eyelashes. Um, but I just do. What I lack in hair, girth, and lustrousness, I make up for with long eyelashes. And to enhance my long eyelashes, no serums, Latisse, none of that stuff. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just use a simple mascara, L'Oreal Paris Double Extend Beauty Tubes. It never goes on sale. Uh, the the thing of is white. The container is white and red. Half of it's this white primer, and then the other half is red, but it's black. And what I love about it is you can build on your lashes. So the white helps you to extend the lash, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't smudge. It comes off in little pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you were to like rub your eye, it would just kind of come off like black dust. And I like that because when you have long eyelashes, they tend to get on your face. So that's the mascara I use. I don't use mascara, but I do have long eyelashes, and that is. Them's the genetic breaks, kid. That's my answer. Okay. I would tell you if I had fake. I got nose job, but that's about it. Everything else is the way it is, except for, you know, we all color our hair. But yeah, those are my eyelashes. Okay. Take it. Anonymous, tell Eliza she nailed the description of Japanese condiments in Japan. As of around World War II, Kewpie mayo has been massive in Japan, speaking as a fourth-gen Japanese-American internment camp family. Whoa. Question for the pod. I've gotten way too drunk in front of my boyfriend a few times. I know he likes me a lot and doesn't think I'm a trash human. It helps I and basically my whole family are Harvard grads, but I'm worried he's less serious than he was before. How can I bring this up to him? I'm not good at broaching and speaking about emotional slash relationship stuff. I want to get better at communicating, especially about things like this that bother me or stay on my mind. For context, I'm 28. He's 35. We live in West Hollywood. We haven't been dating too long, but he's already come to meet my family in New England. I'm sure I sound like a nightmare of an overprivileged coastal elite, but Eliza's advice always blows me away. And even hypercriticism is super welcome. Thank you, KCR. Spoken like a true Japanese person. Hypercriticism, super welcome. Thank you for the input. Um, Here's an idea. Drink less. That's it. Right, if it's a concern. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he has said to you, or if you're noticing it, but it's clearly bothering you, mm-hmm. I would have a frank discussion with him because the fact that you're self-aware enough to be like, yeah, I might not be the best person. You can't have the discussion when you're drunk because no one when they're drunk ever thinks I'm drunk. You're always like, no, I got it. Give me the keys. Mm-hmm. So, and that sucks too because you want to drink if you're out drinking together. Um, but knowing your limit and having a self-imposed thing, you seem like a disciplined person, not just because you're Japanese, but because you went to Harvard mm-hmm. uh, and because of the way you wrote this. So- Uh, I think having that conversation or just drinking less and the longer you're with someone, the less you tend to drink sometimes. 
But um, some people just aren't good drunks. Yeah. I happen to be a great one. I have full conversations, totally coherent. People don't even know I'm drunk. I'm drunk right now. Um, that being said, I've had friends who are lovely people and they just cannot hold their liquor. That is a genetic thing. Yeah. Like you can get better at drinking, but some people- Just can't. Yeah. So maybe drink less. Uh, I don't know what you become. I mean, hopefully you're like a happy drunk, but you know, you don't want to be in the relationship where it's like, sorry, she just can't drink when we're out. So yeah. uh, maybe set some limits. Um, or maybe it doesn't bother him and you're just paranoid about it. But talk to him so you can find out. Definitely. Either explain if it did bother him and say what you're going to change. And that's uncomfortable, or, yeah. by the way, to have to say to someone, and I've had this conversation, like, you're not fun to be around when you drink. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're an alcoholic. I just think you're not a great drinker. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So maybe the, the, the honest answer is just drink less. I can see my mom saying, like, drink less. What mm-hmm. do you need it for? Or you're both just so drunk that no one really holds anything against each other. Right. But have the conversation so it's not weighing on you and then figure out what to change so you don't have to worry about it. And that's good that you're at least that self-aware and selfless because obviously you want him to be happy too. Yeah. That's it. Careful. (laughs) Anonymous. Hi, Eliza, Baby Arm and Scott. So my boyfriend and I have lived together in his house for over a year now. We've been dating a little longer than that. Things move fast, yes, but here we are still together. Over the course of our relationship, we've both gained significant weight. Couples 20, I call it. And we both would like to lose it. I work eight to five and he is a teacher. So he regularly works 10 to 16 hours days while I have a lot more free time. So context done. One, I feel guilty trying to go into a fitness regimen because I don't want him to feel left behind. And then I would be sacrificing our already limited time together because of being at the gym or exercising. I also don't want to push him too much into joining me because as a teacher, by the time he gets home, all he really has energy for is dinner, small talk, and getting ready for the next day. Yeah. How far can I push him to join me in exercise and how could I do this without making him feel self-conscious about his health? Love y'all. For clarification, we're both guys, 26 years old. Uh, Sometimes Liza has male-female comments that she doesn't have for same-sex couples because, of course, the dynamics are different to certain extents. Okay, so we have the intel. Two men. Two dudes. The good news for you is that it will be easier to lose weight. For chicks, it's really hard. Right, they're kind of on a more equal playing ground. Yeah, I think it's really great that you're... It does happen. Everybody gains a little bit of weight because you're hanging out, whatever, and you do get into this rut and you are exhausted. I can tell you I fully understood when, like, having shot this show recently, like, having that full-time job and having no... Uh, time to work out because you're so tired. Right. I would get home from work and be like, I don't know how normal people do this and not be a thousand pounds because I'm so tired. Yeah, I think you say to him that this is something you want to do for yourself and you love to. I think doing it together is helpful. A big part of weight loss is diet. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is we cook dinner together. On Sundays, you go to the farmer's market or you go grocery shopping together and you with a sustainable bag, not a plastic bag, and you make healthy choices together. You don't keep junk food in the house. Or if you have, if there's one person has more time, they can cook something healthy before the other one gets home. Yeah, or you could make him a healthy lunch, you yeah. know? And then on the weekends, maybe always go to a spin class together, you know? Or you could, that could be a thing where you guys do like a little, even like a little 20 minute in-home workout together mm-hmm. just to get a heart rate up. But I think the food would be a good place to start cooking together, healthy choices, going grocery shopping together in your free time. That way you have that. And you can even do meal prep on Sundays. People do that. Mm -hmm. Like prep out your stuff for the week. You don't have to get crazy with it. Um, But the cooking and preparing, and that could be a fun way to bond. That way when you get home exhausted, you eat a healthy dinner. Maybe it's just yoga, just stretching together. You don't have to take up a full-on CrossFit regimen. 
Yeah. So start with that and see, you know, and maybe if you see some results, then you'll move into it. But definitely on your weekends and on your free time, doing something active together. Well, because it will give you energy as tired as you are. Yeah. You will always feel better having pushed yourself even for 15 or 20 minutes. And if they feel like it's cutting into like the limited time they have for fun stuff, do a fun workout, do rock climbing or yeah. something where it's like, then you're, it's not just like, oh, I got to go do this chore. It's totally fun activity for the day. Yeah. Look into some classes, get class pass, go to like a booty shaking class or Pilates mm-hmm. or yoga, hot yoga. Mm-hmm. Try to make it a fun thing you do together. Yeah. Or and do any of the in-home workouts. Like, like I do. Yeah. And you just support each other. Even if it's just stretching, but I would start with the meal stuff mm-hmm. and don't have junk food. Maybe you have a rule we don't eat past. Do intermittent fasting. That's a great way to lose weight. And we don't eat past a certain time at night. You know, eat your dinner and then, mm-hmm. you know, start with the I wonder if diet. they could do anything in home before work. You can get up and do yoga together. Yeah. That's super low impact. It's stretching. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe meditating. Mm-hmm. Just something to get you into a healthier mindset. Yeah. But I totally understand. You're tired. Like, oh, I got to get, get back to work. Yeah. And with each other's support. I mean, when I have tried to do diet stuff, like when I did keto or when I did like no sugar a couple years ago, like my husband made all my food. I understand not everyone has that, but his support was really helpful. Yeah. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. I'm 12, about to be 13. And I've always had a good relationship with my grandparents. But in the past two to three years, they've been complaining about my manners. I never disrespect them, my parents, my teachers, et cetera. And I say please and thank you, but nobody is perfect. And sometimes I forget to say thank you or I say no instead of no thanks, but I don't mean to be rude. I get that they grew up in a different time, but my parents understand that I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings. And I know that when my mom was growing up, she probably forgot her manners sometimes, but they probably didn't get so mad at her that she cried. By the way, I've cried a lot from them complaining about me. I also have anxiety and depression, which I don't think they know, so their comments make my self-esteem worse than it is. I've apologized so many times. I'm tired of them ruining my relationship with them. But they also pay for camp and school sometimes, and their Hanukkah and birthday presents are usually nicer than the other presents I get from other family members. I don't want them to feel unappreciated. They need to understand that nobody's perfect and people make mistakes. They complain to my parents about my manners, which makes them feel bad about their parenting. So I guess my question is, what should I say and do when they make these comments other than telling them that I'm sorry? I don't mean to hurt their feelings. I'll try to be better in the future. Um, First of all- It's a child. Yeah, I understand it's a child. Thanks for being an amazing comedian. Have an amazing podcast. Most welcome. Uh, Look, Sounds like a good kid. Your grandparents are never going to change. They are not from a generation that understands depression and nuance of- uh, chemical imbalances and all those things. Mm-hmm. Your parents should be defending you. Uh, right. If it truly is that, first of all, something doesn't make sense. If it really is like sometimes you forget to say yes, please, and they're coming down on you that hard, something doesn't quite add up. So I wonder if there's something else that perhaps you're not seeing that they're actually upset about. Because, you know, like you, I don't know what else you're doing, but that might be the tip of the iceberg or you're unaware of it. Or you think that merely saying, yes, please, no, thank you is all that it requires. So if it's, they're making you feel bad, you know, you can do one of two things. You can decide to not let it make you feel bad and realize these are your grandparents and they're never going to change, mm-hmm. which is a realization many of us has, have, have as adults when it comes to our parents. Mm-hmm. Or ask your parents and say, what am I doing? It will be hard for you to understand because as kids, you know, we're like, I am doing that. I'm doing a great job. It's either you're doing a good job and your grandparents are monsters or you are being rude and uh, you need to hear that. Those are the only two things I can think of. Because this seems like a really extreme reaction 
or they're just crazy. I wonder, because they are like paying for certain things, I wonder if it's kind of like Gilmore Girls where Emily Gilmore was kind of just always like nothing was good enough for her and she would kind of dangle that carrot of like, I'm I'm paying for this. The go- I wonder if it's just a lot of pressure. I don't know, but the good news is like you'll probably never forget to say please and thank you the rest of your life because your grandparents instilled it in you or you go the opposite way like with me. I don't make my bed now because my mom was very organized. So ask your parents though, because that seems to be the go-between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, I would get, if your parents say, no, look, you're doing great. You're a great kid. Then then you're good. Yeah. And Nana's just a little strict. Right. And that's that. Uh, they'll be good. I too. also wonder if, if the kind of uh, nagging that the grandparents are doing just hits this person harder because they are already an anxious person. Like maybe it's just kind of the same, like you didn't say it. She's like, oh God, I messed up again. Like Two just things. being One, affected. It could be that your parents don't discipline you and your grand, because oftentimes grandparents and parents are on different pages. Yeah. And so any type of discipline, like your parents are like, no, you're doing great. But really, maybe you're not. I'm just saying. Or it's either your parents saying you're doing great and you're not. Uh, or, yeah, it's probably that. Yeah. Either I mean, your grandparents are on a different page or you're not doing so great and they just want what's best for you. They're probably not trying to hurt you. Or this is the time where you learn, of course, if you have depression and things like that, you can't control that. Mm-hmm. You learn that you cannot control the way other people react and you just kind of laugh it off and you're like, hey, trying, grandma. Yeah. But, you know, just because someone says something about you doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. And you always have the power to walk away or say, that hurts my feelings when, or yeah. leave. And you can decide to take that power back and not allow them to make you cry. That's not what grandparents are for. Right. If you know that you are a good, respectful person, you know, and you have just, to- Yeah. Ask your parents though. Yeah. You'll never know if you're spoiled until you're mm-hmm. older. So ask your parents. That's my answer. Anonymous, my fiance and I, and uh, my fiance and I just recently got engaged. As we are making our wedding plans and creating our guest list, I'm very torn about inviting my extended family. The past two to three years, wait, with them, I got one more thing about the grandparents. Yeah, if they truly are monsters, yeah. but they pay for stuff, you could just refuse it. Like, no, thank you. I would not like a gift this year. Ooh. You make me feel really bad. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't want you to buy my affection. Yeah. You make me feel bad and this but makes you feel good. So I'm robbing you of that, Mima. If they're paying for school though, that's tough. Big camp, not school. Uh, I think it was both. Well, that's different. Yeah. You got to get that education. But the rest of it, you don't have to take. Yeah. Or just say, please make a donation to a Jewish memorial fund in my name. Camp and school sometimes. I, I don't know. This yeah. seems very sticky to me. Okay. Anonymous, my fiance and I just recently got engaged. As we are making our wedding plans, creating our guest list, I'm very torn about inviting my extended family. The past two to three years with them have not been so great. They don't respect me. They are insensitive and stuck up. I know generally your advice would be not to invite them because it's our wedding and about us, but I know it would completely break my grandma if I were to not invite my aunt and cousins. So do I suck up my personal yep. feelings and add them to the guest list to make my grandma ca- happy or stick to my guns about not inviting them? I, I don't know how bad they are. And yeah. I don't know if it's like what, Christmas, they're not like the coolest or whatever. If it will emotionally cost less, like I've had friends where like, I'm not pumped, but it would cost me less emotionally just invite them and then just have them there. Mm-hmm. It's your wedding and you will be so busy that day. You won't have time for like a negative vibe from them. Mm-hmm. So I would just do it since it means something to your grandma. Um, if you can afford, you know, to pay for them, if you're in a position where you're like, yeah, a couple more people won't matter and give them the opportunity to go and be kind and be generous. If they are monsters to you on your wedding, you then have official 
uh, credentials to to cast them out of your life. But if it will cost less and they'll just, you know, you don't have to hear it from your grandma, you don't have to hear it from them because then they'll really be like, she didn't even invite us to the wedding. Mm -hmm. If you really hate them, don't. But I don't think you do. I think you're like, these people aren't that cool. Invite them and then you can split from there. Yeah. Make your grandma happy. Yeah. Or sit down and be like, I want to invite you. You know, is that, I'm sure they'll be happy to be invited. Right. Or they'll just send a gift and say they can't make it. Even better. Either way, you're getting that free toaster. Getting that free cheese board. Anonymous, what is your opinion on radical hair changes after a breakup? I'm a girl. Don't do it. That's the best way to tell the world someone broke up with me Mm -hmm. and I think I need to change, not them. Girls do it all the time. You get a haircut, get something trimmed. I mean, if it makes you feel better because it's kind of like washing a man out of your hair, mm-hmm. but it is, you know what? Girls do it for a reason. I've never done it because my hair only looks good one way. Um, if it really makes you feel good, but it kind of lets you know, like, let, like, oh, he got to me, so now I've got to change. And if you think you're pretty good the way you are, and I don't know what kind of relationship you just got out of. Uh-huh. Sometimes hair is very important to us, so sometimes you need that change. So I don't know, do it. Up to you. No, it, yeah, it's really up to you. It's whatever makes... Actually, you just broke out of a relationship, so now it's about whatever makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything drastic. Get right. some opinions from friends. Use the Ship your- app, but with haircuts. Get your friends to weigh in. Know the, 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 know the shape of your head. Know the shape of your head and know that a haircut can bring with it great confidence. It can also bring with it crippling insecurity <laughs> if they fuck up. So be ready. All right, you ready for Top of the Cob? Yeah. This a top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Yep, here's my top. You know what? We're starting the bottom. Start the bottom. Bottom of the cob is for some reason when people troll me, whenever I do environmental stuff, which always bothers me anyway. Like, well, you don't do enough, and it's like, eat my shit, you fucking basement dwelling incel. Uh, I've gotten this a couple times. People are like, quit riding around on your jets. I do not have a private plane. Yeah, it's my wish in a perfect world that was healthy that I could just like flit around. Yeah. I don't have a private jet. Uh, I've never been on no. a private jet alone. And I don't take private jets. I fly commercial airlines. Right. I think maybe you're thinking of, I took Jet Suite, which is a jet, but people use it commercially. I'm on it with several other strangers. Yeah. And it's to Las Vegas. Uh, and I take that maybe twice a year. So I fly commercial airlines. I don't fly a jet. So I think what bothers me when people try to, bring me down by using fake facts. Uh, and it's like a form of trolling where you make something up and then you just keep acting like it's true. So you say it all you want, but just setting the record straight, I don't have a private jet. Right. As much as it pains me to admit it. So that's that. So eat my shit. I um, Deborah Massing posted a picture on what looked to be potentially private jet or a jet suite or something. And one of the, like Max Muchnick, like one of the guys who I think created Will and Grace yeah. commented like, are you sure you really want people to know you fly private? I also have to say, it's kind of a tacky look at this point with all that's going on in terms of, we're all doing, some of us, at least I'm doing whatever I can. In some places you can't. Sometimes you do have to buy plastic or take a plane or do stuff. Right. My argument is always, if I don't take those planes, I can't have a career that allows me to spread messages and impact people. So yeah. you're going to, I can't take a boat. Or we're a country that doesn't have riverways. Um I look at some celebrities. I think when you brag about being on a private jet, it's tacky. Well, with her, she was saying like, oh, going flying home with my two favorite guys. And it's like, I think her, no, it's someone in her dog. Gotta be honest, forget the Deborah messing of it all. It's always a brag. 
people post pictures like just so you can see enough of the jet. You'll see. Next time you see a celebrity doing it, it's always to show the subtext. It doesn't matter like, ugh, exhausted from New York. I'm a mess. No, the subtext is I'm on a jet. I'm showing you that I'm on a jet. You can take a close-up picture and not show the back of that seat. People want you to know I'm doing well. I'm on a jet. It is the foundation. It is a cornerstone of rap. So... Yeah, he's on a jet. I know, but it's like a cute picture. I don't know. No, I would it's be not. mad if it's somebody- It's to show that you're on a private but jet. If you have something to say to me about that, DM me. Don't comment on my page. Yeah, blowing up publicly. your friend. Like, I love Jason Momoa and him blowing up Chris Pratt's thing because he was having a plastic bottle. Oh, well, I hate Chris Pratt, so go for okay, it, I don't, Jason Momoa. Okay, I don't hate Chris Pratt. I do think shaming someone publicly is always a tricky it's not thing. Cool. There is, you know, and I am on people all the time. Like, put away that plastic, don't do that. There are times where somebody gives you a plastic bottle, like there's no, you have to. Yeah. And I don't know Chris Pratt's recycling habits, but- They're probably bad. This holier than thou thing where like, I caught you doing something I don't agree with and you didn't catch me, so I'm calling you out. And yeah. I love Jason Momoa, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's not a cute look either. The private jet thing, people are always trying to show, look, I'm on a jet. And I think it's gone from, oh, wow, I'm, I envy that too. Oh, that is really not uh, ecologically sound. I understand if you have a massive show and you have a crew and you've got a whole team and there's yeah. 10 of you and you've got to get somewhere. Yeah. I understand that. But taking a private jet when there is a regional flight or a commercial flight available and it's mm-hmm. just you and your assistant or something like that, even a team probably still costs less. Uh, I love, I really enjoy Cardi B and the amount, she's always on a jet, always. She's always eating out of plastic. So much plastic and styrofoam. And I get it. I'm white, so I can't criticize her because she's a woman of color and it looks bad. I would do this. I just happen to enjoy following her because I like like her. I like her. Yeah. But I notice it. It is constant. She's always in private cars, always eating out of plastic. Like you have the money to have a dish. You have money to have a person carry your dish with you. It's always like, look at all this food I have and it's in plastic containers and garbage and I understand eating the food that makes you comfortable, but like always in a plastic cup, always a plastic straw, mm-hmm. you can afford to do better. Yeah. People with money can definitely afford to do better. Eat all the junk food you want, but don't make it like luxury is being surrounded by plastic bags. Right. Uh, plenty of celebrities take private jets. Plenty of people love to show that they're on private jets. And yeah. My bottom of the cop is the new Grand Theft Auto online heists that I've been trying to do with my friend are too hard and I don't know what to do. And then everyone shoots me and there's not enough guidance. And they tried to make it be like, pick your own stuff, like a la carte. They're going to help you now. I mean, I've read the internet. It's There's a lot of sneaking. I got to go in. I got to wear the right outfit. It, it's 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 really hard and I'm mad. That's okay. my bottom of the cob. I don't care at all about that. Yeah. Um, My top of the cob, my new dog, Tianfu, Tofu. Tofu to the white people, Tianfu to those of us who are more cultured and Chinese. Um, she is more of a dog than Blanche was. Like Blanche was like a little human. Mm-hmm. I love her very much. Tianfu like does dog things that Blanche didn't do. Like she buries bones around the house mm-hmm. and moves her nose to like cover them up. Mm-hmm. And I don't let her chew bones on bed or on the couch. Mm-hmm. And the other day she jumped up with a gross, gross bone in her mouth. Yeah. It's all wet and mangled. Dropped it on me. Mm-hmm. And then attempted to bury it on my stomach, mm-hmm. like moving my shirt around. <laughs> and I thought that was so cute. She thought you were safe. It's also very weird. That's nice. Tiny, tiny, tiny coffee dipped ears. And uh, for your listening pleasure, I shall now sing the Boneless Beast song. I found this girl on the beach. I found this pearl on the beach. She's a snow peach, a boneless beast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
See you guys next time. Oh, I won't do mine. Oh, sorry. You go. <laughs> sorry. You're oh, not going to like mine. No, I'm not. It's the game Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it has a lot of Greek mythology, which I very much enjoy. So it's very fun. I've played it for 85 hours. What do you know about Greek hours. mythology? I know all kinds of stuff. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. I took a class on it in college. Don't yeah, worry about me it. Me too. I am worried about it because I don't think you've retained anything. Yeah, I have. Okay. Good night. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 